Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Jarrell. Welcome back to Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Camrayeen Eileen Maharet Jarrell, a.k.a. Tranos. Say that shit with your whole chest or face the risk of losing a one-up. This is Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that spams with Blanca. And if you mad about it, go get more quarters from your mom, bitch. <laughs> Today's episode is called Queer Arcade. Um, and before we get into that, um, it's also brought to you by the meaning of music and marijuana. Today's stream is created through a crossing of Northern Lights, Haze, and Skunk. It's known as Silver Haze. This strain is perfect for sativa lovers. It delivers a creative and cerebral high with long-lasting energy that will help you keep um, defeating bosses until cows come home. In other words, it gets you ready to experience an uplifting, invigorating strain while gaming. This strain is specifically for gamers because this episode is specifically for gamers. And today's um, musical inspiration is brought to you by Slater Kenny, the quintessential Riot Girl band, but not in a turfy way. Um, I uh, primarily listened to new metal because I was on my stealth shit back then. So every once in a while, it's nice to be reminded of other bands that might have been around during that time. Um, kind of gives me something to go back to and see how I relate to it now. Today's episode, once again, is called Queer Arcade. And I have a special guest today. Please, please, please uh, introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. My name is Haley. Um, my pronouns are they, them. I am a transgender educator is sort of the main uh, way I identify myself in this world where it's most important that people know your job because we live in a capitalist hellscape. Um, So, yeah, I'm currently a teacher, though I am going to be transitioning a out of teaching into a different role in the future that's still working with kids. So I still consider myself an educator. But uh, yeah, and important for this episode, I'm a fucking gamer. That's on God. Respect it. Respect it. Oh, yeah. About that uh, capitalism being a hellscape. Boo, tomato, tomato. For real. That shit. Like, I can't stand capitalism right now, even though I'm trying to get money. It's it's so hard. I'm only trying to get money because they forced me to. Right. <laughs> like it's and it feels so bad because like all the time I'm like, what could I be doing right now to be making more money? Like all the time I feel this pressure. I'm like, I need a second gig. Like I need the, like all this other shit. And it's like, no, I right. don't. Uh, I think gaming has kind of become my escape from all of that, but it also can be monetized, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I'm leaning into right now because I don't want a nine to five job where I'm sitting behind a desk or a job that I really might love, but I'm underappreciated for doing. So gaming has 
uh, pretty much since COVID started has been like a constant for me because it's just an escape. And I know like I'm older, so I remember like all the games that like my first Nintendo I got in 1986. My dad stole it from Kmart. That's pretty, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. Um, I'm, I'm different in that, um, I did not actually really get my first gaming system until I was older. Or being like, let's see, I must have been like in fourth grade, um, which for a millennial is pretty old. Um, (laughs) my, my mom just really didn't like video games. She wasn't really into it. Also, we were fucking poor so couldn't uh, i have a brother and a sister and so finding things for us to share was like really difficult um Uh, especially because we didn't treat our shit well um (laughs) sorry Um, yeah like my mom had five kids and like the reason why we got a nintendo is because my dad was in a doghouse and if he knew if he made the kids happy that my mom would let him back in so like he like legit boosted a, a nintendo but here's where he fucked up. He only had one joystick. Oh, uh, damn. See, yep, that's the that, that's the problem. You're a shitty father and a shitty thief. How dare you, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna go, go all the fucking way, dumbass. What a weak ass booster. Damn. <laughs> like, so yeah, like I like I said, like I'm trying to get back into gaming and I've missed a lot. Um I didn't really get start back into gaming until like the beginning of covid before that i was just pretty much just a gta player because it was a way for me to commit crimes and not actually go to jail (laughs) so tell me about a little bit about the games you're interested in oh fuck so um it's funny when you brought up a little bit ago like it's become sort of like an escape for you yeah that is also like how escapism is like one of my primary coping mechanisms whether for good or bad um but i play a lot of fucking games i play a lot of fucking video games um the uh, it's more of a question of like what games do i not play so um things that i don't play i don't give a shit about like shooters like first person shooters really um i don't uh i don't i don't like fortnite i don't play fortnite um and i haven't i've never actually played a grand theft auto i've played simpsons hit and run which i think is better (laughs) but (laughs) it's that game but better um uh so yeah but i mostly enjoy um i mostly enjoy really like comfy like little indie games and shit they're just like feel good to play Um, yeah i think i gotta get back into that because i'm the exact opposite i i do play a lot of fps games because i'm super aggressive (laughs) um uh i don't like fortnite um i got into gta literally because somebody was like you can steal cars and sell drugs and I was like, and you don't go to jail in real life? And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, 
well, I'm in. Like, I want to I want to become the biggest drug dealer in GTA, even though I would never do it again in real life. But I, um, it just seemed like an escape because, like, as a trans person, I walk around all day just holding in resentment. So I got into FPS shooters and stuff like that because it was a way for me to release that and not go to jail. Yeah. But for the most part, FPS shooters are toxic as shit. So it's kind of not even like a worthy escape anymore. That's the reason why I'm starting to search for new genres and starting to try to find things that are much more relaxing to play. Yeah, that's what... So I think, um, you know, something that has to be said when we're talking about gaming as a whole um, is gamer culture like from the bottom to the top is just toxic as hell it's fucking disgusting um from the like actual gamers themselves to the ceos of fucking activision and shit like it's all it's all bad and especially as someone as a signed female at birth i've lived most of my life as a woman and i am white also this is not visual so important to say that my experience is going to be a lot different than um people of color but just uh having a feminine voice like i could not even i could not like breach into that kind of gaming for so long because it's sort of like first of all most of the games it's like you had to play online like you would like you could do the campaign but yeah it's like three hours long and then what else are you gonna do and if you're not able to communicate then you're gonna have a shitty gaming experience right and but then if you have a very feminine voice like I do you're gonna have a shitty experience either way so you kind of choose do I want to be berated or do I want to just get frustrated that I'm not coordinated uh yeah I I I really I've witnessed that um I've also witnessed in the FPS community that like the introduction of uh femme presenting characters causes that kind of strife as well so you also have to be weary about the character you create um like some people want to just get into the game create a character that best suits them a lot of the time creating a character in a video game like soothes my dysphoria Mm because i finally get to look at myself the way i think i should look and then people hear my very masculine voice and it's the you know, faggot there's a faggot in here and you're a fucking girl and your voice is blah 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 and it's really neg- a negative experience all around and i i do agree with you like the gaming culture has been very toxic for several different diversities groups and intersectionalities and it's uh it's once again just like one of the reasons why i'm trying to find new genres and uh, new games to play where I might not have to be dependent on like group play or being online or things like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very toxic. Um, specifically just being a queer black person. Cause like, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like this is off topic, but like um, playing like call of duty or modern warfare games like that, like seeing like the Trump 2020 tag from a gamer. is like, why is yeah. that here? Why are we doing that here? <sighs> or, hearing the n-words dropped a thousand times like what like what there's no repercussions for it yeah yeah 
it's bad. there's a report button in most of these games, but there's never any real repercussions. But God forbid you say something back to them and you get banned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where that's that's where I'm coming from. I did uh, like for a little while try to play some more online games, but it was it was just. Yeah, it, it's just not, it's just not fun. It's just not fun to be uh, threatened, um, content warning. Um, yeah. It, like, physically, sexually, like, just straight up verbal abuse, you know, all the time. Um, yeah. The amount of shit that has been said to me and I've heard said to other people um, is just atrocious and especially when it's coming from uh young people Uh, yeah and it's it sounds it it for me like hearing that kind of stuff come from like 10 11 12 year olds i'm just like it just makes me feel sad because i'm like damn like who like you clearly need someone in your life to be teaching you to act right and you don't got that right right because a lot of the time like you hear these and i like to call them squeakers um squeakers are like definition like young video game players with high-pitched voices and they're really offensive most of the time um to hear like that just kind of reaffirms to me that like bigotry and racism and anti-lgbtq anti-trans sentiment all is being taught at home and then they're just allowed to run rampant with it and most of the time when these kids are having these like racist bigoted misogynistic meltdowns they're like in the presence of their parents while it's happening Mm -hmm. and there's no checks and balances for it yeah or uh, you know on the other side a little not really the other side but so being a te- so I teach middle school. I've taught uh, grades six through eight for five years. Um, somehow I'm still alive. Uh, Thank you for your service. <laughs> um, it, so you know the, that is just kind of part of like when people are at that age, it's just sort of part of like their natural like development, like they're testing boundaries, and it's like yeah. I, I'm going to push boundaries to see how far I can get. Um, and a lot of the, what I see the real problem as is it's a lot of, um, young boys of color, generally, um, who have, who are not necessarily like alone, but don't have like a ton of adult supervision because their parents are fucking working or, you know, whatever. And they're getting a bunch of this awful, hateful language from the gaming community, from being online. So their parents might not necessarily hear it. And I mean, frequently they don't. And a lot of times they literally just don't even know what they're saying. I mean, the amount of times that it is so crazy to me that people, that kids still say that's so gay. And I'm like, right. what? How are you still saying that? Like, what right. happened? You didn't listen to Hillary Duff? 
but um (laughs) (laughs) um they like i've had conversations with kids and um they're just like they literally like can't connect they're like like they don't think about like oh this is homophobic i am doing something that is harmful to queer people they just they're stuck in a box where they're like it is just a synonym for bad and i'm not going to think any further than that because no one's pushed me to right 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 and then i know we're i'm gonna bring end up bringing you back in to talk about like uh being a teacher specifically because i know that's got to be like that had to be hard you're in the trenches when you're a teacher because for some reason we live in a time where we don't respect teachers or scientists i don't know what the fuck happened (laughs) but like uh sometimes the only time that they're being checked is in school and then video games aren't present. So we don't get to see how they truly act. Yes. There's still a little bit of um, when they push at school, there's a recourse to it, but in the video game world, there's rarely one. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to slide off into like a small story. um, I have been playing blood hunt for a couple of weeks, which is a masquerade game vampires. It's like a third person shooter. Mm -hmm. And like, there you get to mute people you can mute the whole thing so that feels really safe but the reason why i'm playing that game now is because i was playing gta for so long and i was um confronted by a squeaker and this was like two or three years ago and uh he was being very very racist i could tell that he was like a confederate white boy Mm -hmm. and he uh was so blatant and so unafraid of recourse that he said where he lived Wow. And I was like, if I was anyone else, you would be in danger. Like, even that was scary for me because I was like, I'm terrified for him, even though I'm upset with him. Like, how can you feel so comfortable that you would disclose where you live? There was a lot of, if you come here, my dad will shoot your head off, you nigger, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow. Like, yikes. I just, I was, yeah. And like, Come to find out the kid was like 11, like 11. And yeah. here's the, here's the rub of the story. The father was sitting there and heard everything else and did not respond to anything, but the address being set shared. So yep. the M bombs, the homophobia, the transphobia, he was cool with his address being disclosed. That was the no, no. Yep. That- and then you could like abruptly hear the game shut off after the father yelled at him like what are you crazy don't give out our address Bloop. i'm like but that was the part you were mad about like so what about you, all the other stuff yeah you just heard all that shit come out your kid's mouth and it, but now because it, because now that man the father is threatened yeah that's what it is it was cool until he felt in danger mm-hmm. until he felt like his child put him in danger mm-hmm. and I, I really want to get away from that toxic like kind of thing, but like you know, not to like delve back into trauma because that's typically what my show is about. And this is supposed to be an escape. Um, <laughs> like what's your uh, what's your top three uh, favorite games? Oh, gosh. OK, well, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> so hmm, I'm probably going to have to say um, probably number one has got to be the Mass Effect trilogy. Okay. Um, which, if, I don't, do you know what that is? 
I have seen uh like I've seen like commercials and ads for it back in the past, but I never really got into it. It's so it is a uh sci-fi. Um you're a uh commander of a you know a space vessel. Um it and I get I you're like technically military. Um, but okay. it's third person, um, action RPG, um, and yeah, you play as Commander Shepard, who you can choose to be um, a, a male or female, um, yeah. which is which was pretty cool for the time, um, and still like customize your character and have you a player character Commander Shepard be um completely uh like fully voiced okay because it is one of those games that has like all these different trees and like leads to like there's so many different endings like oh that's cool there's so many different ways like it can end and you just yeah you get to know all these characters and you get to fuck aliens which is like a word sign me up top exactly Exactly. Sign me up. We fucking aliens. Let's let's go. <laughs> you can mostly be gay. Um, if you play as Femship, you can be gay in all three games. Meaning, you know, you uh, you have the option to romance other female characters. Uh, if you're a male Shepherd, you get options in Mass Effect two and three, but not the first one, which is really stupid. Because so Mass Effect one was like no homo. Yeah, they were like no homo, and unless except for this alien, they're like you can be homo for this blue bitch, um, right? Who's like weird, but anyways, that was really cool. That was probably one of the first really big like time commitments I made to a video game. I literally have played the entire trilogy four times which is like probably close to 500 hours wow uh, <laughs> like, that's dedication that's dedication it must mean that it's, it's a really good game if you would dedicate 500 hours to it yeah um i have a tattoo on my leg um i have um the andromeda which is the or not the andromeda oh my god i was thinking about another game aspect andromeda which is like a I don't really know that. I guess it's sort of a sequel to the series, but it is bad. So we're just going to oh, pretend shit. that shit does not exist. Yeah, we're um, it doesn't exist. Um, but uh, yeah, I have the Normandy is the name of the ship. Awesome. Um, on my leg. So yeah, that is that is probably another one on my list. So okay. that's technically three games, but it's also like one. All right. Well, I'll give you time to think about the second game while I choose my first game, the game that cracked my egg, because I really played a lot of like bad Nintendo graphic games until this happened. Yeah. Um, was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, hell yeah. I have played thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of Tony Hawk Pro Skater, every last one of them. But like Tony uh, Hawk Pro Skater 2 is my favorite. 
it's my number one it's the number one game on my list of three and i can't tell you how many times like me and my friends drank 40s and we're like we're just gonna do runs because it's raining outside and none of us want to go get our skateboards broken by police so let's just mm-hmm. do it in the crib mm-hmm. <laughs> like and we would just play um tony hawk pro skater for hours and yeah. like it was just um the infinite lines that you could create the tricks um seeing if you could do tricks and link them together without codes it was like the best time for me and generally when i think about like gaming um it takes me back to when like i really got into like competitive tony hawk and that was around tony hawk pro skater we would play online because that's when they started the tony hawk online thing was two and you got to play against everyone in the world and it was just kind of cool that community was not as toxic as you would think it was like the skateboarding community in general is not that toxic i'm not saying that it doesn't exist but it's just it's not as overbearing as like an fps shooter so that would be my number one um with that being said what's your um what's your number two um let's see that one number your number one is so good um the tony hawk games are super important to just gaming in general yeah um yeah, those are the games that like got me and mostly my brother into skateboarding. But back to me. My number two. Oh shit. Pro okay, so this is Yeah. Disco Elysium. Oh, yeah, I was just told about Disco Elysium. The the artwork is amazing in that game. It is it is legit so i fucking love mass effect i love 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 mass effect yeah it has some pretty not great parts it has like there's some parts that are not so good the third game is not very good um in general but but i love it but disco elysium is i think a perfect video game for real for anyone out there listening it is I have not been so emotionally moved and invested by a video game in such a just like it's it's unique it it's it's just there's literally nothing else like it. I've never experienced anything else like it. Um I cried so hard when I finished the game because it was just so beautiful like it was it was like the true like I can't remember if it was like fucking Plato or Aristotle or what the fuck ever but it was like that whatever that like highest form of like being moved by like beauty um like that's that's like what I felt and I'll like, I'll never forget like my first time playing that. And it's, is it like a, like, um, like a RPG or like, a? yeah, it's like a pure RPG basically. Um, it is so weirdly you, um, you are a cop, you play as a cop, but you, uh, you wake up, after having um what you think you must have been on like some kind of huge bender Uh um and you have your different you have these different like parts of you talking to yourself 
like um and so like you hear your like inner your characters in their monologue um but you wake up and you have the most insane amnesia like you don't remember fucking anything like okay. you, are, you are a goddamn baby learning about the world oh, as as you are uh as you move through like your character moves through like literally like learning about what a mirror is and um yeah it has a um you have like ability checks and okay. it does it in a really interesting way that it is they show you the actual dice that they're like rolling um, okay and it's like you passed the skill check or you didn't and there's literally skill checks for like looking in the mirror can you stand to look at yourself in the mirror and it's like and it's actually an extremely hard check to pass and it's like one of the first ones and if you fail it some of some of them it's like if you fail you can never go back some of them it's like okay we'll try to get a tool or like level up your points and try again but yeah okay it's, it's incredible um and it's super funny, uh, super super funny. Yeah, it's it's so. Yeah, I good. think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have to like roll up that joint. Um, my second game, and this is very cliche, very uh, 1990s arcade like quarters and shit. Um, Tekken three. Yeah. Uh, I played Tekken. <coughs> Sorry, I have a cold. Um, get over it if you hear me coughing or my voice sounds gravelly. Um, just deal with it. I uh played Tekken in arcades and I played for money. Um, as a derelict kid who could not afford lunch, I got really good at Tekken really fast. Fuck yeah. Because if I beat you, then you had to give me 50 cent. And um ice cream at school <laughs> cost 50 cent. <laughs> uh, if I wanted one of those uh chocolate eclair bars, I had to go to um I had to skip school first, literally. I had to skip school, walk two miles, somehow sneak into the arcade, meet with other kids who were skipping school, and then run their pockets. That is so funny. That's incredible. I played with Jen Kazama, um, and everybody's like, oh, you spam with Jen Kazama because he shoots lasers from his eyes and has big black wings. So, yes, I did. But Chocolate Eclairs was calling. So, I did what I had to do. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah. See, here's the thing. If people can't get over your spamming, then that's on that's on them. They got I mean to... like Yeah, you got you step up to the, the big leagues for this fifty cent game. I mean, like this is high stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Come with them two quarters. I don't want to hear none of their complaints afterwards. When I beat your ass, put my two quarters down next. So um I think one of the most eventful days I had at the old Arondaquate Mall in Rochester, New York was I went there with enough money for one game. And when I left the arcade after being kicked out by the security guards, I had $12. Damn. So That's I, dope. I, That's yeah, so I was pretty cool. good. But it was completely out of necessity. At first, mm -hmm. I didn't even like the game. It was just the mechanics were really easy. And it was really reminiscent of Street Fighter. So I was just into it. I used to play Street Fighter back in like the late 90s at a fish and chips place on Goodman called Molly Hatchets. That's when I first started playing arcade, like stand in front of a huge machine games. Yeah. And the mechanics were the exact same for Tekken. So I was just really good at it. 
and I hustled a lot of white kids who were skipping school and had dollars on them. I was like, oh, your mom gave you $5. You got money. $5? I'm taking it. $5? You got Damn. $5? I'm, I'm taking it. today. Right. I'm about to get McDonald's on the way back to school, and I'm going to get me a chocolate eclair when I get to my second lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's my number two game and that's only because of capitalism yeah 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 but you know hustling it, it's yeah um all right number three this one will be much shorter um though probably controversial uh to some listeners sonic adventure battle Two. Oh shit! Sonic Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Okay, okay, okay. I I can see why that'd be sort of controversial for some people. The 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 Sonic purist. Yes. So, um, are you familiar with the adventure series? Sort of. I'm 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 very I'm very familiar with one, two, and three of Sonic the Hedgehog, but after that, not really. By the time those games came out, I was like probably around like 15 or 16. So I found like uh, the joys of sex by then. So video games <laughs> <didn't break through. laughs> like, I started I started doing weird shit. I started playing other games. Yeah, when <laughs> when sex becomes more easily available than video games, it, it's pretty clear path. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was so Sonic Adventure was also not just like a pure like it, you know, like just yeah just going through a level you get, there's like some story elements um i did not enjoy the first one that one is more like classically awful but it was extremely divisive to the community i guess but oh. um it was sonic adventure 2 was one of the first games I ever got. I got it on GameCube. Um, so I had a GameCube. That was my first ever system. Uh, that I, I had, had a GameCube. Yeah, GameCube fucking rules. It's still the best system in my mind today. It was a pretty sweet system too, especially it being like that small cube mm -hmm. and how easy it was to like store and carry with you if you needed to take somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't feel like if you dropped a GameCube that you were going to destroy it. Yeah. Like it was really sturdy and like very compact and like the only thing you had to worry about was breaking the lens in it. That was Pretty about much. It. Yep. And we, so uh, I grew up at, um, across the street from, it was five boys who were about uh, around like my age and my siblings age. And we like, uh, our two households were like basically one. So it was like, eight kids to one yeah. GameCube. Um, oh, yeah. I think, Shit. I, I think eventually probably their dad stole them a fucking PlayStation 2 or something That's because all of a sudden they had like a PS2 and they had all these Dragon Ball games and we were like, what the fuck? Right. And, <laughs> and we were like, okay, well, I guess we're going to your house from now on. We're going to get on that Dragon Ball. But um, uh, anyways, yeah, so... That um, GameCubes, we went through, I think we went through like three of them during my childhood because we were some destructive ass people. I bought several GameCubes and I was in my early 20s when I got my first GameCube. I was 20 years old exactly. I got my first GameCube for my birthday and I got it so that I could play 
think it was uh, they GameCube had made Perfect Dark for oh, GameCube. Yeah, Perfect Dark. And that's on my top ten. Perfect Dark is in there for my top ten. But my number three on this listing that we're talking about right now will take us back to Nintendo sixty four. Uh, which is another sturdy game system, like mm-hmm. with the memory cards and all that other shit, and the huge fucking joysticks that were like almost too big for children's hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite game was No Mercy, WWE No Mercy, because I'm a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that game had the best mechanics. It had the base, best creator wrestler. You could create women. Um, so a lot of the times, like people were like, "Why are you playing with a girl?" Well, I'm like, "That's uh, my secret." <laughs> <laughs> I like China. <laughs> like, why is your China's character hot. always right? Okay. Why is your character always based off of China? I'm like, well, she's she's fucking she's fucking hot. They're like, well, she has a small penis. I'm like, um, so. <laughs> and then here we go with the toxic gaming community in the fucking '90s. That's gay. That's just gay. Well, I mean, well, let it be gay. But yeah no mercy allowed you to make your own finishers which was unheard of back then like yeah that's gave you crazy. the ability right it gave you the ability to make mechanics like to tweak mechanics for a finisher and create almost anything you could imagine as long as it fell in a certain amount of mechanics it also gave you the ability to make matches and shows and watch them without playing you could just book a show and then just kind of watch it Ooh, yeah i kind of like that shit which I did a lot. And if um, I would have known about YouTube back then, I would have made my own YouTube federation based on No Mercy and be, I'd be a fucking millionaire right now because I was booking shit. <laughs> I, was, I was beating Vinnie Mac in the ratings, period. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I, I, I literally like, it was, like, No Mercy was the holy grail of wrestling games to me and a lot of people will argue and say it was like wrestlemania 2000 nah no mercy was the game that was the game for me and that's the one that solidified me like like loving just the escape because there were so many hours in the middle of the night when i couldn't sleep or was being very dysphoric or having a dysphoric attack where i could just create wrestlers and just kind of watch like what was not even happening back then the women's revolution happened on my no mercy Mm-hmm. that's where it mm-hmm. first happened it didn't happen for another 20 years in real life but it happened in my mind it happened on no mercy first and i was booking shows that were all women i was booking shows that were all queer people i was booking shows that were um uh, people with disabilities i was booking shows that like we've never imagined or even seen in real life and that's why that game holds a very special place in my heart like it literally kept young dysphoric cam from killing herself <laughs> it does it, it, you bring up an interesting point about how um just the ability to inhabit character even if it's just like a silly creative character in a, a yeah. video game um how freeing it can be for trans people i think people who don't identify with their gender assigned at birth or like even just like maybe they don't have the freedom to like express them their gender identity the way they want um and yeah even i i remember so i had i got into wrestling a little bit as a young person after playing fucking this 
really terrible game, but I loved it at the time because I didn't know no better. It's called is WWE Day of Reckoning. Oh, that game was trash. <laughs> so bad. It was bad. But it was like my first. I like my parents didn't weren't into wrestling. Like I just didn't watch it. But being like a little uh, emo child and yep. seeing, I'm like, who is this? Who's this fucking guy? This Undertaker? He's like goth and he's like famous for being goth. And it was like, yeah. so, so I'm making like, I'm making like my own Undertakers and stuff. And like, I don't yeah. fucking know anything about them. And I, I loved Motorhead. And so I got really excited. That was like the first time I was like, who's this guy Triple H? And he has a Motorhead song? That's so fucking sick. Like, right. So it was, it was a terrible game, but it was a, a small window into wrestling for me. Um, and then as an adult, I actually got into it. But like No Mercy came out after I started training as a wrestler. I was 17. Crazy. I was crazy. 17 when it came out. And at 17, I knew that I was very queer and very trans and that I could tell no one in my company um, the character that I created that was the champion that won most of the stuff all the time, even when I wasn't playing, um, her name was Akasha Black. My current wrestling name is Akasha Black. I created Akasha Black in 1997. Oh, I didn't yeah. get to be her until 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a large window of time in between those two things and a whole span of a career where I had to vicariously live through video games mm -hmm. to be who I wanted to be. And that's the escapism of video games for me. And when you think about like all the video games that I use for escape, they were for all the emotions that I could not show in public, all the things that I could not say in public, I was able to do in those spaces. And I was also able to do them without harming anyone else mm -hmm. or triggering anyone else to my, uh, my existence. I was able to fly under the radar for the most part but there was a lot of toxicity as video games moved into the online realm and um before we go any further i got a little bit of a cough and i think the remedy is the medicine oh yeah so here here's the warning to you fans again if you hear a lighter click click clicking and you hear gurgling and a little bit of coughing be an adult i smoke hella weed that's why you're here yeah i smoke i smoke hella weed that's why you're here <laughs> um so today we're gonna smoke out of uh What's the name of this bong? That I, what did I name it? I named it the the L, the, the six train. It's got graffiti oh, all over it. Yeah, and, yep. That, I, yeah, I, I the, saw I saw a picture of it on Instagram. It looks fucking yeah, it's, sick. It's a sexy beast. Um, check out my Instagram. We'll leave that in the bio and all that other stuff. Please hit up my socials. I know y'all listening because we see the analytics. But like, like and share, follow us, help a bitch make some money in this world of fucking capitalism. I mean, I don't want to ask you to do it, but I kind of have to. We, and with that it. being said. Also, Cameron's really fucking hot and funny and cool as shit, and it'll make your social media experience way better. Oh, look, I'm brown, and I just turned really red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take this hit. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. 
Each episode is a separate three hour long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So join us on a real play DD quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast fantasy action mystery friendship. Damn, one up. One we gotta up, get a sound baby. effect. We gotta get a sound effect. I need like the fucking star sound oh, every time yeah. I take a hit from like fucking uh, Mario Brothers and shit. Yep. B, put uh. that in. Yeah, um, it's just really fun hearing like someone else because we are from two different eras, me being like an uh air quotes old head mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, I was born in 1980, so like the first video game I ever played was Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like green screen, like mm-hmm. Oregon Trail, like mm-hmm. had to be at school Cho- in like the computer lab. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, basically. like 1992 was the first time I played a video game. Mm-hmm. And like 92, IBM and Apple and all that other stuff were very young. Graphics were really shitty. The plots of the games were really rudimentary. But like that's where my gaming started was at the older shit, and that, I guess that what makes me an elder millennial. I guess. Yeah, you're like on the you're like on the like, you're like right on the line between like millennial and Gen X. Yeah, you're like right not, in the cusp. Not, not that it like fucking means anything, but. I just you got know. to watch a lot of the technology that's just used now. I watched it come out and not be affordable for poor people until now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like video game systems were very hard to come by. You think the PlayStation costing $600 is a lot? When Nintendo first came out, the first Nintendo was like $500. Yeah. Which is the in, in then money, in past money. Right, because you had to like buy one of those little gray boxes then you bought games that were like 35 to 55 dollars if you bought the gold zelda cartridge that shit was a hundred dollars oh my god just because it was gold it was painted gold so it was a hundred dollars i'll do um, that then, shit myself then we had to auto fillet the games to make them work <laughs> like we had to blow into <laughs> yeah. them to make yep. them work yep i don't know how we all figured that out but like it was just a universal thing. Like, if yeah. the game doesn't work when you first put it in, you turn it off, you take the game out, you turn it to the side, you blow into it. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Auto fillet it. You push it back in, and all of a sudden it starts. <gasps> oh, We're having sex with robots. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh I mean, it, that's that's what was happening back then. Like, could you imagine somebody like taking their like PlayStation right now and like taking the game out, blowing it, and then putting it back in? That shit don't work. See, <laughs> I think that's uh, that. So the way that you conceptualize that action of blowing into the cartridge tells us like how like where we were at like developmentally when we started playing yeah. video games because you were thinking about given head and i was like i'm playing the harmonica like that's how i was thinking like yo this game is making me blow it is somebody gonna call cps like this is weird i'm 12 <laughs> like why am i blowing this game because then the expert move was you blew the cartridge then you blew into the nintendo itself mm-hmm. you, so yep so double toppy mm. <laughs> <laughs> like 
I just had to get my Nintendo <laughs> double toppy just to play motherfucking like Tecmo oh. Bowl. This is bullshit. Oh my god, that's so real. And that's it, a cola bowl. And, and, and that shit, it, you know, like sometimes it took it took a while. Like yeah. they were not easy comes. No, no, like you had to like. You had to work oh man, this is shit. like the fifth time. If it doesn't work this time, I'm gonna make a shut it off. <laughs> we push it in, slide it down. Fucking gives us the fucking money shot. Everyone's like, yeah. I'm like looking at my mom like, call the cops. <laughs> call the cops. This is bullshit. How we spend five hundred dollars on something we got to blow to start? It is. It it was pretty wild. And that plus we was... had the big booty TVs back then. Mm-hmm. We had the big booty TVs, so you had to you had to have the specific aux connections mm-hmm. in the back, which were literally like the like AC. Pronged. Yeah, uh-huh. they weren't like plugins. They were like prongs that you had to like slide in and then tighten a screw. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. antenna, it was weird, and like sometimes that didn't work. You had to have the special channel on your television, which was number three. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it was a dial. The first video game we had was on a dial television that shows you how old I am. It was a dial television with a green um green screen, and it was big booty. It had the big booty joint. It was not flat at all. It was not a flat screen mm-hmm. television by any means. It weighed like a hundred pounds. No, I I did not get my first flat screen TV till like. 2008 maybe which was which was a little bit later than a lot of other people i had a projection screen television for years until it died and i didn't get a flat screen television until 2013 yep i pretty much bought a projector screen television that was like a 55 inch so it was heavy as shit mm-hmm. <laughs> like the bottom of it was heavy where the projector and all that shit was yeah the top of it if you fell into that thing it would have just fell apart yeah <laughs> like if you put your hand on the screen too hard it would have just fell apart mm-hmm. and it was like a thousand dollars for that thing when i got it which was unheard of back then my mom was super upset with me but i was like i got money i got money <laughs> like, let me have this yeah and i kept it from like 2005 to like 2013 when it died on the, in my second floor apartment and I had to like fucking carry this fucking thing downstairs by myself. Oh, and then I went to, how could you possibly, Oh my God. How I carried it down the stairs by myself. Yeah. Rage and dis, uh, dysphoria. Damn. Rage and dysphoria. How? I was mad at how, uh, how strong I was. <laughs> like, and I was also <laughs> mad that my television wasn't shit. It's just like an endless cycle. That, like then I had builds. to wait till black Friday to drive to Walmart, fight with people for a 33-inch screen television that was like $300. I've only owned three flat-screen televisions my entire life. Three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got one, that works. It fucking works. And the reason why it's three is because two of them were stolen. Fuck you, Rochester. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking boo. Um... Anyways, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about auto-filating video games. Yeah. <laughs> and, and big booty joints. And we were also talking about double toppy on Nintendo double toppy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, um, shit's come a long way since then. I've, yeah. I've not had to, I've not had to blow my video games in a minute. <laughs> right, right. Um, what what do you 
what so what do you like to play on i am currently a playstation 4 owner because i can't afford a five Mm -hmm. um and i play also i also play on steam Mm -hmm. which i'm new to i just started using steam i used to play um um warhammer forty thousand on steam yeah and then like my computer like couldn't handle it so i stopped playing that was years ago and now i'm back on it and i play masquerade blood hunt Mm -hmm. and i like that game but i'm looking for other games to kind of branch out into because i don't want to fall back into the toxic gta community Mm -hmm. because it's super toxic Mm -hmm. um so i let's see i'm thinking about uh do you want games that do you want to like play with people uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I just I just want to jump into an adventure that's all my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a this is a huge deviation from like GTA, but yeah, yeah. um, a game that is for sure on Steam and you can play with friends. You can play sp- like sp- like with people specifically that you want to play with. Or you can play on your own. Um, is Stardew Valley? Have you heard of it? Stardew Valley? I think I have. It's um, it's a little. So your uh, grandfather. The story is your grandfather like owned a farm, and then he died or some shit, I guess. And then and he like gave you the farm and you like worked for Amazon basically. And now you're like, okay, well I'm going to abandon my entire life and I'm going to go take over this farm that is like dilapidated and don't work. And I'm going to go live in Stardew Valley, small little town. And you just do like your farming, but then you also learn about like the town and there's like tons of characters and you can uh, date every person at once if you want you will you will get caught eventually super polyamory well it's not polyamory because yeah. you get caught if you're getting caught that means you're yeah. doing something dastardly yeah it's not it's not like super consensual but you know what they're not communicating with me either um, wow so. wow you're a video game gigolo <laughs> <laughs> i fucking am though i fucking am though I am i'm a so, these digital hoes i seriously like i well, I go through as many romance options as I possibly can. Like, I get as far as I can in every video game with, like, as many people as possible before one of the characters is like, yo. What's up with you? Cheating yeah. on me with all these people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you spend a lot of time in, like, this little bunker with this green dude. What's what's that about? Yeah, I might have to check that out, seeing as though I don't have an actual sex life anymore. <laughs> like, it's, I might have to get me some hoes. <laughs> um, it's not. Stardew Valley is very, very chill. You're just a little farmer. and but you Who gets also, bitches. Who gets bitches. And you help your community. And um, if you're looking for games to stream, I think that's a really good one to stream because it's like literally endless. Um, it's really cool. It's made by just one guy, one dude made the entire oh, cool. game, uh, like uh, Toby Fox style. Um, so that's um, yeah. It, it's just it's so like there's no pressure. You can 
pick it up and put it down whenever you want. And right. if you want, you can have your friends play co-op with you. You can both have, get be on the farm. Yeah, you get these hoes and these hoes. You be hoeing as fuck. Right, hoeing, your... hoeing and hoeing. Yeah. <laughs> like So, yeah, I think I, I might have to jump into that. So, uh, Tranos fans, Tranesians, I don't know what to call you yet. <laughs> Tranesians, um, uh, look for me in Sturdy Valley getting these hoes. I'm going to see how many relationships I can get into while fixing my farm, trying to get this bread while I'm getting some head. Yes. It's a uh... wild shit. And when I say bitches, I mean respectfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, respectfully, respectfully. Respectfully bitches. Right. Respectfully bitches. Not like these bitches. I mean, like respectfully. Mm-hmm. Bitches respectfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, uh, P.S. All homo, because I'm about to be in all kinds of weird relationships. Yeah, and <laughs> and what? So one thing that I really like about the game is everyone everyone is bisexual. Like you, can, nice. You can date as long as they're single. Like they're not already married and like super fucking old or whatever. Um, you can date literally whoever you want. So it, it's you're not locked out of. Um, certain relationships based on whatever gender your character is, which I really, really that's kind of cool because I never even thought about that in video games. I never even thought about that. Like with the whole GTA thing, the only time that you are in anything that resembles a, some kind of intimate relationship is paying for prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always like one kind. It's just like one kind. It's It's women. There are no male prostitutes. There are no gay clubs except for in the Ballad of Gay Tony. Which was really homophobic. P.S. Yeah, I um, I just like I heard I, like I heard a lot about it, and I was like, yeah, I ain't even gonna go anywhere near that shit. I do not. I bought it under the guise that oh, they said gay Tony, so that means they're they're starting to open up and be really cool about it. Nope, nope. not at all. <laughs> like not at all. Like the gay bar was really just a, a space where lots of like illegal shit happened. It really wasn't like the camaraderie or like mm-hmm. a cool space for you to hang out and talk to people. It was just like you going to gay, gay Tony spot to do dastardly shit. Yeah. It, it just further like stigmatizes and shows like, oh, gay people are fucking disgusting. And like right. you're, uh, you would only go here to do nasty shit. Yeah, like homosexuality in the GTA universe is is still looked upon as very perverse. So it's always like commodified as a perversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, yeah, Stardew Valley is extremely different. It's also um, like uh, like 32-bit graphics. It's little like sprites of like old school looking. Yeah, like, 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 um, like the first uh, Legends of Zelda. Yeah, first time that was 32-bit, and niggas was like, oh, man, 32-bit graphics? We living in the future. <laughs> like, and to go it's, from 32-bit graphics to what we get now, like, yeah. I, like, I've got to see the whole gambit, and it's kind of been an amazing ride, even with all the problematics that have happened. Um, not to mention, like, a lot of the times, like, I was afraid to be a professional gamer because I'm trans and queer. Mm-hmm. And like I, I felt like maybe I'm wrong. Now I felt like I had the skills to do it, but I was always really afraid of the backlash and the the shit talking. Because if it's that bad when you're just playing casual games, how bad could it get during professional ones? Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Where money's on the line and people really let let they let they, they bigotry hair down and shit. Mm-hmm. It does make me wonder about because I think about like um, one of the few first person shooter type games that I do play is Overwatch. Um, not super consistently. I get hyper focused on different yeah. things at different times. But in like Overwatch, and I'm sure in like frame like tons of like uh fucking Call of Duty and shit, they have like they have like teams. Like there's like you have a team like when you go into a like tournament, like you're you're like sponsored and shit like that. And so I wonder if there's like I wonder what that does to like the dynamic and the way that you can talk to people because you're sort of, you're sort of become like a public figure in a way. You're like a play. I mean, you're like an athlete. Like if you're into esports, so it's like I wonder if people like. I wonder if there's just like a like a climax you reach of like shittiness of like being just like a super shitty person but also like a good gamer and then you get into like you start getting money from it and you're like okay i they're telling me i gotta tone it down so i'm gonna tone it down right 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 yeah like i i'm i'm really appreciative uh this time went by really fast i had no clue that we had already been talking for an hour yeah i'm sorry <laughs> um, no don't be sorry these motherfuckers don't listen to it <laughs> They don't. They don't listen to it. Like we know, we normally do like thirty to forty-five minutes, but there's no actual rule on how long we go. Yeah. Um. But it has been fun. Um. You're like one of my favorite people to talk to, and I was wondering why it took me so long to have you on, which is just weird. <laughs> like, but I'm glad. Like, I finally got the chance to bring you on, and I'm definitely gonna bring you on again. Um. And with that being said, I hope um everyone enjoyed Queer Arcade. There will be several other opportunities for myself and Haley to speak. Um, Haley, you want to say anything before we peace out this joint? Um, respect your, uh, respect pretty much every professional, respect teachers, respect scientists, respect sex workers, respect wrestlers, respect fucking service people, doctors, nurses, all that. Um, be a decent human and right. uh even when you're playing fucking video games y'all you heard that with your weird asses fucking squeakers and with that being said my name is Cambrayin Elin Baharat Jarrell aka Tranos say that shit with your whole chest or I'll swallow you whole like Kirby <gasps> <Yes>. <laughs> this has been Tranos and the lived experience the show that double toppies Nintendos Fuck yeah. From the back. From the back.